Welcome back to another episode of the Burning Veil Podcast. I am your host, Gideon, and this is my lovely semi-co-host and guest yet again, Constance. Yeah, you thought you could get rid of me, guys. I come, I keep coming back. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's okay. You are more than welcome anytime, because we are having so much fun with this. I um, appreciate <laughs> How's your week been, Constance? Busy, but... Oh, I feel that. So... I I feel that. I um, am looking for my stories, because I prepped them, but did not save them, like a genius that I am some days, uh, because of my week. I came across some news that I wanted to talk about. Nice. Okay, so the first, I got three news stories. So the first story I got is that apparently um, in Illinois, in Bensonville, Illinois, there have been witnesses reporting sightings of a giant red-eyed man bat. What? Back in April. A giant red-eyed man bat. Whoa. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that one at all. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, so how do you feel about that one, Constance? That that sounds like some Mothman stuff to me. It, it, it either sounds like the Mothman to me, or if you go all the way down to the UK, what is called the Owlman, and he's like the similarity to the Mothman. So it kind of reminds me of all three of those. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. Um, the second story that I found is that footage has emerged. Uh, in May, footage emerged of, back in 2016, a Russian uh, Bigfoot uh, chasing a, a, a car, a family car, uh, in I, I, I'm probably going to butcher this, even though I speak Russian. Bashkortostan. Bashkortostan. In Russia. Whoa. Um, I checked uh-huh. the video out. It's pretty... It's it's Blur Squatch strikes again. That's, that's what I got to say. Blur Squatch has struck again. But then again, it sounds like a kid is closest to the phone. So it might be a kid or a young teen kind of filming it. So... It might just be that overwhelming fear thing making them shake. And then it was kind of like real quick blink. You miss it because it comes over the hill and the video ends. But it is a full conical shaped head. It it looks. I can't see the legs, so I can't tell if it actually is or not. Thing about I got to like see that. how they walk. Go ahead, Constance. Yeah, I was just saying, videos like that, it's like a lot of new monster. People are like, oh, you know, there's Nessie. It's like, okay, well, it's all blurry. And I mean, yeah, it looks like a head, but it could very well just be a piece of log sticking up out of the river. So, yes, Nessie the Driftwood Lake Monster. Yes. (laughs) And then this one. Um, which, by the way, I sent all these to Constance, so she's looked at them as well. Um, oh. This last one, 
me and Constance both looked at the video and we had the same reaction of, "Ho, oh, hold up now. <laughs> so in California, um, in a hospital, a security guard at night filmed a shadow person in the doorway. Like this thing is half in, half out the doorway. You can see a leg and a head and a set of eyes if you pause it. And it is looking dead at this man like crap he's seen me. The the pose oh, yeah. to think is the, the Patty, the Patterson Gimlich footage of Patty when she turns her head around and looks at the camera. That just imagine a shadow person. That. That's what they're getting. And you watch you can watch this thing in the video slink back into the doorway like crap I've been caught and then backs away. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I watched it too. Oh my god. That that's why I said it was really creepy. Though though it, I was saying too, just because it kind of fits in with this. I for the audience, I used to be a CNA for like five plus years and a nursing home and we had what was called the nursing home groom reaper and he was dressed in a fine suit top hat and when one of our residents was about ready to pass away he would appear out of nowhere just we would hear something look up and we see him disappear into their room not but a few minutes later come walking out and then we go check on him they'd be they'd be dead they they were gone so this kind of reminded me of that that is freaky on so many levels i know right um wow okay <laughs> so i hate to do this to you constance but this is your what third fourth episode sorry hun you're no longer considered a go a guest you're now considered family yes. so i'm gonna start out with with my fur with with me first this time no that's just fine go so for our audience we have picked if you cannot tell by the title to our next state in our series of 50 states the all 50 states we're doing we picked kansas this time so with that starting out i'm going to talk about Kansas's very own gateway to hell. Ooh, nice. So, there are graveyards across America, places with names like Bachelor's Grove and this very famous cemetery. They defy all definitions of a haunted place. They are places that go beyond the legends of merely being haunted and enter into the realm of the evil and diabolical. And there are places said to be so terrifying that even the devil himself holds court with his worshippers there. And in the case of Stull Cemetery in Stull, Kansas, is one of the gateways to hell itself. But just how terrifying is this place? Well, there's a few of us in the world that would challenge the supernatural presence of a place like Bachelor's Grove... There are some who claim that Stull Cemetery does not deserve the blood-curdling reputation that it has gained over the years. A few years ago, it went beyond the realm of merely haunted and achieved the status of gateway to hell. 
In Stoll Cemetery, there is an abandoned church that rests next to it. It's located in the tiny, nearly forgotten Kansas town of Stoll, Kansas. There's not much left of the tiny village. There's a few houses, a newer church, and about 20 residents. That's... Yeah, um... That's kind of small. The population of the place allegedly contains a number of residents that are from beyond the earth, however. In addition to the human inhabitants, somewhere around 20 to 30 people living in town, the town is also home of a number of legends and strange tales that are linked to the crumbling old church in the overgrown cemetery that can be found atop Stoll Emanuel Hill. For years, stories of witchcraft, ghosts, supernatural happenings have surrounded this old graveyard in a place that some claim is one of the seven gateways to hell on Earth. The first legend we have about this place says that Stull's been around for more than 100 years, but none of them made it to print, paper, or the media, or to surface until the 1970s. In November of 1974, an article appeared in the University of Kansas student newspaper that spoke of a number of strange occurrences in the Stoll churchyard. According to the article, Stoll was haunted by legends of diabolical supernatural happenings, end quote. And the legends asserted that the cemetery was one of two places on earth where the devil appears in person two times a year. It is said that the cemetery has been the source of many legends in the area, stories that have been told and retold for about a century. From ghosts, ghouls, goblins, flesh-eating monsters, the dogman, the devil himself, Bigfoot feasting on flesh, Satan worshippers, sacrifices, deaths of children, the dead roaming the earth as in zombies all the way down to witches, goblins and even there's a story about a troll living in the, in the church basement mm. this place has a lot a lot of stuff um, I have a friend who went to go visit Stull many many years ago it's been about six ten years ago she went up there with a group of friends for um the university i think it's um it was i'm I'm not gonna say the name never mind um for her college newspaper she went to stull kansas to see what all the hype was about this gateway to hell um the only thing she got was a quote from a police officer saying I don't care what gateway may be here, you're still going to jail, end quote. And she spent two weeks in Stoll, Kansas's jail for mm. trespassing. So this is not somewhere you go visit. This is, this is a small town that when you come through, they watch visitors very closely because they don't want to be associated with this gateway to hell and the devil and all these stories. They don't care. They just want to be left alone. So whether it's true, whether it's not, who knows? 
Right. But I will say that there have been stories come to light of some weird stuff going on. Like some weird stuff. Like people disappearing and it getting swept under the rug weird. Um, when she was released after that two weeks, she paid her fine. And everybody, she was four. There was four people. They paid their fine. They were missing two items when they got their things back: their camera and mm-hmm. their EVP recording gear. Yep. All of it was missing. They had made it into the basement of the church before they got a before they got caught. When they were coming out is when they got caught. These people don't want to be associated with this place, but they have no problem, or rather, more accurately, they have a problem with going inside the church itself. I find that questionable at best. I, I find that, I mean, supposedly one of the stories from, let me see if I can find the date, it was 1850, insinuates that the original name of the town was Skull, Kansas. And it later ended up becoming Stull, S-T-U-L-L, as it is now, to cover the fact that the area was steeped in black, dark witchcraft. Um, supposedly, they tried to, they've tried to change the town many, many times, the name of the town, but it just never happened. And supposedly the town was founded by a man who made a deal with the devil to have a son. Mm-hmm. And basically the first thing to touch the foundation of the church supposedly was the skull of the man who made the deal with the devil. So it's supposed to be in the floor of the basement where you can see it. Um, my friend did not confirm or deny this. She said it was dark. We weren't caring about what we could see. We were more caring about what we could hear and prove. So that is Stull, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And their gateway to hell. What do you got, Constance? <laughs> well, I... For anyone who, you know, has learned a little bit about me, I've not always lived in Oklahoma. I've been a native of Kansas most of my life, Kansas City, Kansas. So I know a lot about some of the hauntings. So I got a bunch of my favorite ones. My first one I'll be talking about is uh, St. Jacob's Well. So, located near Ashland is a beautiful 1,818-acre Big Bison Prairie Preserve, a unique unique area filled with impressive sinkholes and buffalo herds galore. While While this may be a spectacular and divine area, and it may seem wholesome, it hides one of the most haunted places in all Kansas, say Jacob's Well. 
At first glance, this picturesque, wet, water-filled sinkhole may seem innocent enough, but once you heard the stories of the lives it had taken, you may decide otherwise. Now, the first life that was documented to have been lost to the rumorous 30-yard-wide, 18-foot-deep well is that of a traveling cowboy and his horse, who legitimately tried to cross the seemingly shallow well in 1890s, only to meet their fate by drowning. Sadly, the cowboy's death was the first of many. In fact, Legends has it that dozens have lost their lives to St. Jacob's while attempting to find the bottom of the supposedly bottomless well. And there is controversy on it. If it is supposed to be a bottomless well, but it only measures to 18 feet deep, where did it get its reputation for being bottomless? According to scientists and geologists, uh, its depth is most likely changed over the years due to basically the ground shifting and moving. And the next time, so the next time you visit this place, they warn just to keep an eye out for this well because you do, or you may be able to hear their gut-wrenching screams and see their spirits arising from inside the water. Okay, that was disturbing. See, and that, I've, I've not been down there to see it, but um, it's actually been a very controversial place in Kansas. People don't know if it's actually a proven thing that people's died or if that well actually, or that sinkhole actually killed people. So it's, it's kind of like a 50-50 thing going on. Really? Huh. Okay, that is um, disturbing at best. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say about that one. See, that that's how I was when I first uh, learned about it like a few years back. I was like, well, I don't know how to feel about this because, I mean, there's scientists proving that it's it can't be bottomless if it's like 18 feet deep and then there's you know so yeah i'm totally with you on that one hmm. oh wow okay um okay uh my next story is called the deer lady Many of the Central Plains tribes believed in a fertility and love spirit in the form of a deer. Young children, young adults, and the prepubescent are taught these stories, mainly in the, the Pawnee, the Sioux, and the Ponca tribes. These tribes state that they have had actual sightings of this deer lady in many, many forms. She's seen in a human form as a beautiful young woman or may be seen in a deer form, and sometimes both at once. Generally a benign spirit, the deer woman is thought to help women conceive, but she can also be a very dangerous entity, they claim. 
Some tribes believe that she will seduce men who are adulterous or promiscuous before their time and have them follow her out into the woods and lead them to her death, to their deaths. Or she might just leave them so love-struck that they pine and want for her so they never take another lover, so they never hurt another, another woman. She's also said to trample people to death, especially disobedient children or girl-crazy young men who will not conform to the will of the tribe. This angry form of the dear woman is taught to have been a young lady who was assaulted and murdered, and the great spirit transformed her into this type of dear woman who is understandably angry, but is also kind-hearted toward those who deserve it. Um, I'm downplaying that story because I don't want to have to tag this with explicit when I upload it. So I'm going to use the word assaulted instead of the word that is actually used. Um, the story I found of this is very, very much in detail. And I was not ready for that. I was not ready for that personally, <laughs> to be oh honest. Um, the dear woman can also be seen as a personal transformation, transformation one has made or as a warning of impeding harm. Impending, I'm sorry, impending harm. Apparently she is fond of dancing and may be found dancing it up in a community dance until the drums have stopped. When she disappears, if you should find yourself confronted with an angry deer, she can be banished through chance and tobacco or by looking at her cloven hooves. The deer woman has characteristics of both a siren and a succubus. The siren song lured lusty men off sh uh, on ships off course toward the dangerous rocks where they would crash and die. The deer woman's beauty, however is her siren song. They lure men into the woods. The succubi is a female spirit that conjugates with a sleeping male, makes them quite ill until they die. The dear woman seems to have both of these traits. She lures men who are quite promiscuous and adulterous out into the woods to their death using a marital affairs. So this could be a warning for deer hunters. Be careful that you don't follow that deer you missed too far. <laughs> um, and there are even still to this day, people that are not even aware of these stories or that this entity exists. They're of no tribe, just regular old people walking through the woods that are just so enamored with this, this deer or this lady that they follow her. Um, they even have a story on the website that I found talking on one of the websites I found talking about this, uh, this story of a guy who went out there with his mistress to have their fun. And she stepped behind a tree to use the restroom and he was so enamored by this deer 
that he followed it disregarding his Mitch, his, the reason he's there. And this deer stomped him into the ground and broke all but like three of his ribs, I think the story says. And then just turned around and ran. And he said when it was running, he could hear it giggling like a woman. Sounds about right. Yeah. So if you're ever in Kansas, don't... uh, Well, if you're ever anywhere, moral of the story is be faithful to the woman you love. And if you don't have one you love yet, wait. (laughs) The woods is not there for that. And I'll warn you guys now, here in Oklahoma, there is a dear woman down here too. Oh, man. um, But the only difference about the dear woman down here is she could be any of those forms, but... She can also appear as a elderly old woman who needs help. And how I know this is because my husband's uncle was driving late at night with a bunch of his buddies in his car along a back road. And they saw this old woman and he said they pulled over to let her in because, you know, they were like, we didn't want her walking. She looked like she's having a hard time. Well, one of them had noticed that something was not right because when they looked she had hooves for feet and when she noticed that they noticed not only did she kick their door open and leave a dent in the side to look like a deer had kicked it but there was hoof prints going all the way back into the woods that is weird Oh, I have many stories from his uncle about stuff he's seen around here. <laughs> that is that is that is weird, but that is awesome. Okay, what's your next story, Constance? Right. Well, my next story, guys, I've actually been here for a daytime visit and it is as creepy as it sounds. And I'm talking about the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. Oh, I saw the I saw this when I was doing my stuff, and I was gonna pick it, but I decided, mm, nah, I went with something else. Okay, so guys, if you don't know the Sally House, the Sally House is supposed to be the most haunted location in Atchison, Kansas. Okay, the Sally House is visited by hundreds each year. So this house is currently not occupied, but it is available for daytime visits and if you're brave, overnight stays. But they do require you to sign a waiver due to potential personal injury through no, though there's been no serious injury, uh, uh, injuries have been reported. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Since the last 10 days. That was there in 1993. So a little bit about the history of the Sally House. Originally, it was built at the turn of the century. This house became the residence of a Atchison physician. The front served as an office space and an examination rooms while the doctor and his family lived upstairs. Now, one day, a frantic mother arrived 
carrying her six-year-old daughter, Sally. The child had collapsed from severe abdominal, abdominal pain. He ended up basically diagnosing it as appendicitis and said there was no time he needed to do surgery. Now, believing the appendix would soon burst, the doctor just began cutting into Sally before the anesthesia took full effect. So Sally basically was on that table screaming when she suddenly stopped. She grew pale and limp, and she died on the oper- on the operating table that day. Her Whoa. last Yes. Yes. Talk about malpractice, my dude. Yes. So her last memories of this man, who she believed was torturing her, and to this day, Sally hates men. But there's been hauntings way more than that at the Sally house. Now, like I said, it has been long known to be haunted, but Sally's hauntings grew significantly in 1993. And the house was rented to a young couple. Their dog seemed to growl at nothing, especially near the upstairs nursery. Things began to take a violent turn, however. Fires broke out in the house. A series of sinister attacks on the husband began. And even the operating area would become cold. Objects would visibly move when the young man drew near. And he would feel scratches upon his chest or abdomen. But he never did see the ghost attack the wife or the baby. And the events that have been witnessed by other visitors of the Sally house uh, includes videos and investigation equipment that just stopped working. Uh, Batteries that were on full and completely charged, completely just drained out of nowhere. There's been moving objects, um, unexplained scratches and bruises on body, on people's bodies during or after visit, but mainly to men and physical touching, physical cold, like mysterious coldness, and even trained guard dogs refuse to enter the nursery. So let me tell you guys a little bit about my experience up there. It was me and my two other friends. Um, I'll leave them nameless because I know they don't want to recall this, especially my guy friend. But um, we went up there for a take for a daytime visit because I, I, I'm like that. I, I just love visiting haunted places. So we went up there and we noticed right away there was a strange eeriness as soon as you entered the house, especially when you got near the operation area. And throughout that time, me and my other friend who wasn't a male, me and her were both saying that it was more just nerve wracking for us. Like we didn't know exactly how to feel. We felt kind of weird at some times. We could maybe swore we could see one or two things happening, like things moving or a light would flicker or something. But it was my friend, my guy friend, who had the worst experience in there. He was standing in the uh, operation area. And he said suddenly he uh, felt this sharp pain going across his chest. 
So we had to leave the house. And when we got out near the street, he had unbuttoned the top of his shirt. And to show us, there was actually little marks, like claw marks, going down his chest. So needless to say, he did not go back in after that because he said it, it, it scarred him so bad. But yeah, guys, if you go into the Sally house, and you're a guy, just be prepared, because Sally hates guys, apparently, due to what the doctor did to her, but can you blame her? And she basically will scratch you up to no end. And I've also heard uh, the tour guy tell us that she also has a bad thing about biting, too. So. Now, I have to preface this with I'm joking for for legal reasons, I think. Guys, don't purposely go hoping to get bit. <laughs> Some of you women don't purposely go to get bit. No. <laughs> but no, guys, all in all, the Sally House, guys, is amazing. It's very beautiful. I mean, if you could take beyond the feelings of dread that you get it's a very beautiful home it i mean you could tell this home was once a very lost in time type of moment it, it's just yeah. it you in but um definitely if you're a guy sally will not like the fact that you're in the house so <laughs> well yeah that's that's understandable in my opinion See, that, that's what I, I know. I, I mean, if, I mean, if that was the last thing you saw was a man cutting into you before your anesthesia went full effect, then yeah, I, I, I don't blame her. Yeah. So, okay. What? Just wow. I have one that's going to be a little bit of a longer conversation. And the fact that I found we're doing Kansas and I found this in Kansas is just a plus to me because my Twitter, the podcast Twitter, more accurately, has been blowing up with this as of lately um, from one of the other podcasts that I personally listened to and actually inspired my podcast. On Wednesdays, we talk weird on their Twitter, posted a poll. Between the two hosts, Ashers and Pat O, talking about the dog man. You know, if you think it's real, if you don't, that kind of thing, or what you think it is, or something to that effect. And, well, I found Kansas is apparently dog man central. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Another name that they are called, apparently, are devil monkeys. I, I, I don't know what that's about. So there are a lot, a lot, a lot of sightings in Kansas of both Bigfoot and Dogman. I want to do an actual deep dive episode on the Dogman thing, but 
I am going to preface this with I personally do not believe that this, the Dogman thing, is a werewolf. Or a wolf-man hybrid kind of thing. I don't think that the Dogman is a Dogman. I personally believe. Do what? That's where uh, a lot of Kansans would probably tell you that it is, or I never believed it that they, it was a werewolf, but there's a lot of Kansans. If you ask them, they'll be like, nope, it's a werewolf. It's a werewolf. It has to be a werewolf. I mean, you know, so I mean, like, there's a lot of Kansans who will openly tell you it's a werewolf. So. Yeah, but I mean, my my thing is, I, in my infinite research of 11 years or more at this point, have found something that matches perfectly and butts up with the dog man that I personally can believe in. Ooh, I, I I will preface this with I have seen not physically as you're going to think a Rougarou. Um, I know I've talked off air with you Constance and Chris about it but I've also talked on air before about um, I had a man, he's a mentor, he was a, a Catholic priest. Um, I traveled around with him for a little while, for about two years, two, three, four years, something like that. And we ran into all kinds of stuff. He didn't, he was an exorcist, but he didn't just do the power of Christ compels the demonic exorcisms. He did it all. Um, I found out what kind of how the job as I was looking at it was going to go because it was originally just a job to me until I started learning when we went to a funeral home and the man looked us dead in the face and said, I don't have demons or ghosts, but something is biting the dead. When we, before we take the, after the funeral, but before we take them to cremation, something is chewing on the dead. Um, that was a disturbing, disturbing moment. For me, hearing that coming out of the man and then him saying, oh, yeah, you don't believe me here. Let me just unlock this case. Yeah, look in a locked case. There's a bite mark out of this dead man's arm. And it's like, oh, oh, hold up now. What? We're talking fully embalmed. The funeral has already happened, but he's going to be cremated kind of thing. Mm. Freaky, freaky stuff. Legends, folklore, urban legends tell us that what feasts off the dead, you ghouls. Usually. Ghouls and ghasts. Um, which are a type of spirit. That, that, that's, that's a thing. The Rougarou is a Louisiana, French, and Cajun thing. I believe it's possibly Haitian as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know for a fact about that latter part. But they believe that it is a spirit that... If you basically, if you're a bad Catholic <laughs> or you've done wrong to somebody, you're cursed with this spirit through through voodoo and it forces you to take the characteristics of a wolf. Not necessarily that you full on wolf man out. It's that you take on the characteristics of a werewolf or a wolf man and it's basically a spirit. That I can get behind. Yeah, I've, 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 I've seen 
some weird spirits work. I've seen I've seen some weird stuff. I just personally cannot get into there is an actual flesh, blood, bone, and fur, half man, half wolf hybrid running around the running around the world at this point. I personally cannot get behind that. It just sounds so anatomically impossible. No, I can't get behind it either. Most of the time, I I, I believe the Rugeru a lot on that one because it just closely matches it way too well. But um, me and my uh, husband were having a talk one day and he was like, well, if you talk about Native American side of it, they would say it was a shapeshifter which isn't exactly human, but they could take shape of anything they wanted just to get closer. And Yeah. Yeah, so, pretty much like a skinwalker. Yeah. I I could get behind that because if you look at it from a Christianity or a Christian or a faith or religious standpoint, you could view that as I'm, I'm not doubting cultures. I'm not mocking them. I'm not saying this is what it is. But from a Christian perspective looking in, you could see that it's a possibility that a skinwalker, as we know them, uses uh, a, a spiritual or a spirit to alter their appearance to others. Mm-hmm. Or even flat out just change. I mean... That I've I've heard a lot of people explain it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard some people that are Native Americans say that, oh yeah, when a skinwalker shifts, they're they're calling on dark spirits to do so, which would make sense to me. But I can't get behind. There is a flesh and blood legitimate animal that is one hundred percent of its time, twenty four seven. That I just cannot. What I can get behind is what is starting to become known. There are different types in the Bigfoot communities. On the outer edges, there is a system of different types of Bigfoot. And there is a, the third type, type three, is called a Gugwe. The Gugwe is used a lot especially in like nonfiction writing and stuff. It's used in, in writing. Um, there's a guy I listened to. Uh, his name is Dixie Cryptid on YouTube. Dude is amazing. He does a lot of Bigfoot stuff and he does some of the dog man stories. He just basically people sends him stories and he reads them on YouTube and all. That's what he does. He started writing a series called the Steve Lilly series. Me and my father love it. We we love everything Bigfoot most of the time. Till you start getting out to, oh yeah, UFOs drop the Bigfoot off, and I, I, I can't get into that. <laughs> but in these Steve Lilly chronicles that he's writing, he writes about this Type 3, the Gugwe. And he bases this off of things that people send him that he's, you know, accounts that he deems are fairly accurate or... Well, not accurate is the wrong word. Fairly credible. And then this rating scale and stories and legends of, believe it or not, Native American tribes. They believe in the Gugwe. And 
the the biggest thing about the Gugwi is that it has an elongated face that could give the appearance of a snout from certain points of view, or if you just you're not paying attention enough, you could possibly mistake it for a snout. It's got longer ears that stick up. They're described as pointed, but slicked back, which is a really big thing in the Dogman stories. They have sharp, meat-eating teeth, and they will attack people. They're very, very aggressive, very, very angry, very, very hateful. They even supposedly, according to, to Native American tribe stories, I can't remember which tribes in the areas offhand. I'd have to look into that again. But they even, when they roar sometimes to intimidate people or they, they vocalize, it can be mistaken for a howl or a growl from a, a large man-like dog. So far, it's budding up and, and fitting, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that I have found in my many, many finding stories and doing research on this Type 3 Gugwe Bigfoot, they are called another name by certain tribes. Certain tribes call them the Red Eyes. Because in the dark, their eyes glow red. Which is a predatory thing, usually when eyes glow in the dark. Like mm -hmm. that. The red color is always a predatory... I mean, if you shine a flashlight at a cougar, its eyes are going to be reddish. Going to have a reddish tint to it. That's a predator. Native American tribes have stories of these things, these gugwe, these red-eyed Bigfoot, coming into camp, stealing people, and then eating them. So these things eat people. Which is something, a lot of meat. Meat only is what's ever recorded as they're eating. So that could, if there's nobody around, you know, you, you pick up a deer, just devour that. You know, something meat. I have found a lot of dogman stories where, you know, somebody spots this thing. They're out hiking or whatever. And when they spot it, it's got a person's arm in its mouth. Stuff like that, you know, a leg, a, a, there's a backpack and a camp torn to shreds around it. It's got red fur around its muzzle like a dog that's been eating something. You know, that that's kind of where I'm going with this is I could get behind this being a gugwe. The dog man phenomenon being a gugwe Bigfoot because they're supposed to be super aggressive. They're supposed to have the posture. They're supposed to be more a mixture between Bigfoot and a gorilla movement. So they'll move on all four when they want to go fast or they'll stand up to intimidate things like this. They, they match almost perfectly in my opinion. There's a lot of things that don't match mm -hmm. and there's some that are just like, eh, I think that just might be that person spinning their yarn. So what do you think about that? That I've now that I've laid my cards on the table, Constance. As far as a dog man goes, one, even though I grew up in Kansas, I will tell you I'm not one of them to say it's a werewolf. Um, two, I want to say I agree with you. I, I I believe it could either be a skinwalker, a 
believe it to be a shapeshifter. I, I believe anything else that I'm told on this subject, but if you try to tell me it's a werewolf, I'm not going to believe that. Um, but yeah, like a full-fledged man who has fur and like an elongated snout and stuff, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, no. It, it's just anatomically in, impossible. Right. I mean, take a person with a flat face like you and I, well, relatively flat, like you and I, and then using 3D imaging, I've watched people do this using 3D imaging, grab the, the, the mouth and the nose and pull it out to a snout. And it looks so funny that it is impossible to be afraid of it. Exactly. And then you cover it with fur and it's just like, it looks like a circus clown. Mm-hmm. It just really does. Exactly. I mean, that's why I tell people I don't believe it's a werewolf because most werewolf lore, they say that the snout actually looks like a regular wolf snout. Or if it looks more human-like, it's going to be like Wolfman type thing where the nose is kind of jagged up and looking like a wolf nose and... Yeah, in its mouth. So I mean, I could get behind now if this Dogman thing or this werewolf thing was like the old Wolfman movie. I I could see that. I could. I would probably be in the camp of yeah, that's a thing that could exist. But a man, a human being, shifting into this. I mean, first and foremost, the legs. My my biggest problem has always been the legs. You're taking leg knees that bend forward in motion. And then you're going to take them. Imagine taking them in your hand and then pulling them back to where they move like a dog's. And then back. There is no way. No. There is no way possible. And again, it's like I like you said, like I've seen someone take like a 3D image. Especially like people who are good about making video game characters. And oh, yeah. I was watching one where they were like taking like what people were saying about myths and legends. And I don't think they were doing the dog man, but somebody was like trying to explain that like, you know, wolfman or like werewolf. And they're like, all right, so if that's possible, let's kind of see what it would actually look like if it, if, if it was human-like. And the way he pulled the legs back just looked goofy. Like the knees weren't yeah anymore they were like the opposite direction i was like that looks more like oh my god looks more like an alien life force like it don't look anything Uh, yeah it's just so impossible in my personal opinion am i saying that there can't be something out there like this anatomically as we know things now no there's no way now, if you tell me that there is, like, the old-fashioned 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s Wolfman movie, I I could look you dead in the face and say, yeah, I could believe that because of the Rougarou, things like that. Now, I know, as someone who studies psychology, I know for a fact there is an actual psychological illness called lycanthropy. Mm-hmm. It is when a human being believes in their mind they shift into the form of a wolf. 
This has no physical attributes whatsoever other than that person modifying their own body in a way during a blackout. I've seen a case of lycanthropy, the psychological illness, firsthand. It is, it is laughable, it is goofy, and it is weird. Am I making fun of somebody for having a mental illness? Absolutely not. Am I saying that having a mental illness is funny or goofy? No. Just the actions that are taken when they believe they've taken that form of a wolf are just so weird. Because, I mean, think about this. You take a six foot two man. This man is, let's say he's a biker. So, you know, about 250, 260 pounds. It's a big guy, right? 16, right, yeah. 250, 260, big guy. And he believes that he changes into an eight foot werewolf that weighs, you know, 800 pounds. He's going to take, as in, without his body changing at all, when he's in that moment, he's going to walk slow because he thinks he's trying to move all that movement under his own power. Not to mention, you have two different spectrums of it. You got the big spectrum and then you got the little spectrum. The little spectrum, as it's called, is when somebody, let's say, you know, five foot four weighs 95 pounds soaking wet. Okay. This person mm -hmm. is going to view themselves as about five, eight, about 400 pounds. If that 350, let's say, let's just say 350. They're going to move a little quicker. They're going to they're going to move a little faster. They're going to speed themselves. They're going to look like they are on drugs. To be completely honest, that is what it looks like when they are on when that they're on drugs. And most I've noticed that most of the time it's the big people, the bigger people who end up having this 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 mental illness that try mm -hmm. to like bounce off of walls and stuff like that and try to like break doors down. Now, I have seen this 5'2", 95-pound soaking wet man headbutt a metal door of a mental facility and that thing pop off the hinges. So there's something they believe they can do these things. Therefore, they're... we have a, as a human, our brain has a system that sends signals to say, hey, you can't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. We're capable of doing it but you're going to hurt yourself. These inhibitors are turned off because they truly, in fact, believe if I headbutt this door, it's just going to fall off. It's going to break off and I'm good to go. Therefore, their physical limits are turned off. Their inhibitors are turned off. They will, in fact, do these things. I've seen them bite at people. I've seen them try to claw people. I mean, I'm talking a man that just takes his hand and swipes at you and he thinks he's clawed you. Um, the strange thing of that was with this particular mental illness, it used to be a shock and awe factor to get them out of that, that state. My mentor was very, very, very old school. He believed the shock and awe method with the mental illness of lycanthropy, in fact, worked. So he takes this man, this you know, five to 95 pounds soaking wet man and he takes a swing at him and hits him across the chest with what he believes are his werewolf claws and when he looks at this man and sees that no damage is done he has a moment of huh and my mentor looked at him and said you have no power here revert 
And it was at that moment that he believed, I can't do anything. This man is immune to me. And he slowly sank back to conscious reality. And when reality set back in, he looked at this man and he said, I attacked you. Why aren't you dead? He looked at this man in the face and he said, because you didn't do anything. You ruffled my clothes at best. You wrinkled my shirt at best. You have no claws. You have no wolf. And that man made a very speedy recovery to, I don't believe I'm a werewolf. It worked. I'm not going to say it always works. I'm not going to say it always will work. I'm sure there's much better ways to treat something like that now. But he shocked and awed this man into nothing happened. Why? Because you didn't do anything. Click. And it clicked for him. That, what do you mean? I as a wolf attacked you. He said, no, no, no. You as a man attacked me. And it did nothing. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, you're good. That That's just really interesting. Wow. Nice. I, I, I truly believe that this there's a lot to this dogman thing. If you look at it from certain perspectives. My perspective is... Right. I, I could get down with this being a gugwee or something like that. Or just... I could, I could even attribute this possibly... I will say there's about a 10% chance in my, my personal mind, there's a 10% chance that there is an actual legitimate physical flesh and blood creature that is this thing that has remained hidden all this time. And that it's being cited by people because, well, mankind is expanding. I, I'd say there's yeah. about a 10% chance on that. Just because of the, the anatomy of this creature. Yeah. You got any thoughts on this, Constance? You're quiet. Uh, no, it's just like me just really thinking about the subject. That's why I'm quiet. This is how I'd, like my think process goes through. But I, like I said, I it depends upon what type of form you're coming at me with as far as the dog man. Like I said, I could believe maybe if it was like a wolfman type care like creature, then yeah. But if it's like a skinwalker or or what my husband calls them skin um, shapeshifters, and those are and for those who maybe are kind of confused about shapeshifters, they are they they're really tall beings that almost like alien-like in his description, but they are able to form themselves into anything. Yeah. Humanly, I've, you know. I've heard something about that before. Yeah, and they kind of like, they look around in the woods a lot. So if you see some tall thing that looks like a not... Like the closest similarity I can think to it is like a Slender Man type character, but he's not wearing a suit. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as a dog, man, it just depends upon how you approach me with it. If you try to tell me it's a werewolf, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe you if it's anything other than that. But 
like I said, anything with that kind of form elongated face, no, you gotta be a bit more reasonable about what you're talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can get down with what you got to say there. Um, I, I don't know about the whole shapeshifter thing. I've never really looked into that. Uh, as far as a Native American shift what? shapeshifter. Um, well, with them, as far as, I, as I've been told, like I said, they're kind of tall beans, but they also, their favorite thing to turn into is a pack of dogs. Like, most of them say that they can, if you see a pack of dogs running around somewhere that you've never seen before, they'll most likely tell you that they're all shapeshifters. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that before. Um, Coyotes are usually depicted as, oh, that's a skinwalker, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. I I know there's like all kinds of different different beings. Like I've seen um, the skinwalker thing, and then I've seen uh, other types of of shapeshifters in Native American mythology, or mythology is the wrong word, but. most of the time when you say shapeshifter in a Native American context, people are going to say, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's a skinwalker. But if I'm not mistaken, there's a different type in Native American uh, folktelling, is there not? Are there two different yeah. beings, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, skinwalkers to them or people who... They're, they're basically like-, like male witches, aren't they? Yes, they, they, they're, they're male witches that can turn into coyotes. Um, favorite would be a coyote, but others have said they've seen maybe, and it's a rarity that I've heard this, but I've heard one or two stories of it being a fox, depending upon where you uh, where you heard it. But I've, most of the time it's been a you know, coyote, so... I've had, I've, I've heard a lot. Um, I've heard whatever pelt they, they possess or wear is, um, what they can turn into. Right. Yeah. I've, I've heard that. Um, I've heard, I've heard some different, some different stories. Yeah. Um, about shapeshifters and skinwalkers. Um, I mean, like, the major difference I know between the two that I've been told, at least, is skinwalkers are actually, like, male witches that can transform into other, well, in which, what, whatever animal they choose to be, or if they're, like, wearing a pelt of one, that's what they turn into. But a skin, um, shapeshifters, they say, are inhuman creatures that are very violent if you get too close or if you uh, are careless not to um, stay still 
because they said the biggest thing for them is if you see it and it sees you. You still there? And you're like like seeing and hearing. Okay. Sorry, so um, for the long if people pause. Really want to know the difference between skin we had a little bit of technical difficulty for a moment a there. Anyways, Constance, as you were saying about the skinwalker, in Indian folklore, skinwalkers are basically hum are human male witches. So they can either turn into a coyote or any kind of pelt that they have on. That's what they're going to change into. So it. Could be just any about any type of forest creature or woodland creature. Um, now with shapeshifters, they're more of a darker force that when they're not in a disguise, they are said to be tall, lengthy, and look like Slender Man without a suit. And what they do is they will turn into just whatever suits them. A wolf, um, a humanoid-like creature, it's totally up to what they choose to turn into. But most accounts have said that people would say maybe a werewolf. They've seen a werewolf or they've seen kind of like a, a dogman-looking creature or, you know, stuff like that. So that's why I said it depends upon the whole dogman lore. If you're telling me that maybe a shapeshifter could have been it, yeah, I would have believed on that. But that's the difference between them two. All right, thank you. I learned something today. I didn't know that there were two different things. Um, I do know that in Slavic folklore, there is a creature called the Leshi or the Leshin. That um, it's a woodland guardian type spirit. That they, in some folklore, they have been known to shapeshift themselves into different woodland beings to protect the forest. Um, that's kind of their job is to protect the forest and the, the woods. Um, their biggest enemy is in most Slavic folklore is actually the little people or the dwarves um, because they would come in and set up a, a wood, a, a lumber camp and then yeah. chop down half the forest. I'm like, I, well, like I was, I, I do know that's a thing. Too, between a skinwalker and a shapeshifter, shape they're usually pretty aggressive too. They're kind of like you kind of got to be if you're protecting from what the, the accounts I've heard of them. They've all been seen on reservations, and they said every account, if the person was not moving and did not look away from the shapeshifter, the shapeshifter wouldn't attack. But the moment you ran, you moved, or you did something, that's when it got violent and ran after you. So if you stood still, it was okay. But um, they can be violent. So.
Okay. Okay, that's good to know. I know, like, the commons of, like, a shapeshifter, like, uh, from a few friends telling me, and then, you know, just all kinds of different people, like, yeah, if you're in the woods and you see a coyote or a deer stand up on two legs, run! <laughs> that is a skinwalker. Yep. Um, yeah, if you see any woodland creature that does not normally stand on two legs, uh, and it does, run. <laughs> it's a skinwalker. You might not run far, you might. Who knows? Nope, it will... I've also like, been told by uh, to, my Chris, go, do not let saying. get close enough to yeah. a skinwalker to let it smell you. Because it will never leave you alone. Yes, especially if you've done something like, oh, I don't know, you work on a, a farm and you're, you're a ranch hand on a ranch and your job is to kill the coyotes and uh, you're sitting at 2 o'clock in the morning with a thirty thirty, and you pop it and it stands up. He said, uh, after like that, I told him I that story. Told. He looked at me and, and he said, was, bro. There, Find okay, you a shaman. Get right with your oh, god, sorry. my man. Watching something on YouTube, but um, <laughs> like, there was this oh god, what did I do? kid who went to go visit his family on the reservation. And they ended up, you know, having him and his cousin sleep in a tent outside um, that night because they just wanted to be underneath the stars. And about 2 o'clock, he said he woke up and he saw this... Um, coyote wolf looking creature he couldn't really tell what it was in the distance but it noticed him looking at it and it dashed away and he thought nothing of it shut his eyes about a few minutes later he heard something shifting around the tent like walking around their tent and when he looked he said he no longer saw saw this four-legged creature he saw a long gated tall man or tall like creature and it was hunched over looking through the slit of their tent and he said all he could do before he could scream his cousin which had lived on the reservation forever had covered his mouth and said don't make a noise don't move don't do anything just do not do anything and it stared him down for a couple of minutes him and his cousin and, and it ended up running back off into the night and yeah that was like the one account I heard of an actual shapeshifter yeah <laughs> okay that is freaky Oh no, I got um, that's, I, no, that's I got what we call a bad day. Um, <laughs> I've done a lot of research and um do you have another story constants um, or are you pretty storied out? Yeah. I, not really. I mean it'd be the same thing. It just depends upon what kind of uh creature. So are you, you, are try you to pretty tell satisfied is, with the dog man conversation not. as is so or do you have any more you, you want know, to add or viewpoint 
Okay. Okay. Um. Oh. I I I was trying to think of where to go with this. Like okay. where to go next? Um, uh, I'll be honest. I'm kind of stumped. I'll on do what another one here. I've actually been to. But um, um uh, how so about you throw one more out? I Kansas. For we'll go from there. A couple years, and the one place I went to go visit because it was haunted was the old Lawrence Community Theater building. So it's located on 1501 New Hampshire Street, and the old Lawrence Community Theater building. Of course, in Lawrence, Kansas, is really subject to some very interesting stories. Now, this building was used as a church before being converted into a performance art center in 1985. But they no longer use it as a theater. But it still holds a lot of reputation among visitors, even still today, from what I know. But people have reported while visiting a feeling of being watched as poltergeist type activities for like flickering lights cold spots some has seen apparitions kind of passing by the inside through past the windows people has seen so much but um no <laughs> that was actually that was actually a joke that um, when me and my uh, girlfriend had gone and in, that have was they the first seen the Phantom of the Opera? Like, okay, so which, where is he? Where's the Phantom? That, that was like the first I was joke debating... we, we made when we went inside that building. But a creepy part about it was when we said that, my friend all Mackley jumped about 10 feet back towards the door and she was like, really sweating, uh, really looking at me. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you didn't hear that? And I'm like, hear what? All I heard was who? Like she heard someone say who right behind her, like right in her ear. <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Oh. Oh man, that's okay. That's cool wild scary but cool like i was i was i was debating on how to come in with that and be like just wait for you to have a pause and like come in with um jump in with singing the phantom of the opera but i don't know how well this mic is for singing oh, yeah. i haven't done it yet me and chris but uh, no, i mean like talk she, about that because i got some that that was the actual stuff. thing she heard um, not even two seconds after me and her i'll send you about, a version okay, of that where, song where is that is phantom. like super she awesome she said like epic. clockwork behind her ear she heard a who and that's why she went barreling towards the door <laughs> Only thing I felt in there, a couple cold spots. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is. That's wild. You know that? Um, just for the record, that's wild. 
<laughs> Just saying. But um, um, I'm trying to get it pulled up real quick. Uh, no, I couldn't find it. All I know is screw it. Just from my personal way. experience, um, I was yeah, told it go was ahead. go ahead with your once... story. Before it was a performing theater, it was a little history about the place. Do you have that? And then I think even today they said that it, it's been a while since I've been back, but they said it now houses like the vintage church. And I don't know what exactly that is, but um, it might be occupied again. I'm not for certain, but I know it has a lot of history of people like of death and stuff. I would have to do a lot more uh, research on it, but it's, yeah. Okay. That is, that is awesome um like i said i <laughs> i knew something was up that would she, freak me though, out she don't get scared easily but the i would I like saw her just turn about around ready to throw fists at that point because it's and like, like almost near the door now. i was like okay something just happened <laughs> yeah i missed it again Yeah. Um, All right. Wow. Uh, okay. Um, like I we're said, you guys, it's very easy. Somewhere. Just type well, in Rotten Daughters. Um, so, o, Constance, why I don't mean, you tell everybody where you can be found again? Daughters. Shameless plugging. And it's the same name for all the social media. So, I have uh, Facebook. And on Facebook, you'll find new, hor uh, new horror stories I've written, new films, filming projects I'm currently doing. Anything with my Rotten crew that we're doing together as collaboration will be up on there. Um, just generalized news. So, uh, that would be up to our leader, Matt. Um, he makes the decision on who joins just, the crew. And just who a question it. there Do and I now count as a part of the Rotten crew, or do I have to like be? officially be involved and it come out to be a part of the rotten crew oh no, no 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 see you could see with me you're officially part of rotten daughters if you support me oh, oh and okay you i thought I, oh, okay like i was talking hear, about your yeah. um your, your, your horror stories officially part that's of what rotten i thought daughters family do i don't i don't have like you know who goes in and who doesn't so you're Yeah, no, that's fine. That's your, you can. It's fine. I give you permission. Right, right. I, w I was talking about. I don't want to just flat out say it because I don't know how you feel about that because it is your project. Am I allowed to say it? Okay, okay, okay. So you guys, um, after last week's episode, we Constance made a official decision. That a part of her Night Surgeon series and Chronicles and, and all that that she's doing for her YouTube and, and all that, um, she has asked me to officially voice a character. So well, I will be fine. 
when yeah, that guys, comes uh, out, when we do that and that comes out, if that's okay yeah, with Constance, I will be throwing is, that all over the social media it is called of the, the page. Just be like, you know, hey, fate I did a thing. <laughs> narrative. And Dark Fate is so basically that, the behind deep lure backstory of Lady Victoria Grey. And he gets to voice my father, the highly religious uh, doctor back during like the 1700s when it was like a highly religious thing to not study alchemy or medicine, especially if you were a woman. So um, definitely, yeah, you guys are going to have to really listen in because he's going to be the voice of my father. I'm, of course, going to be doing my own character. Medicine. So. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to just let me go ahead and throw that out there or not. Um, so, I, you know, some artists are secretive with their work. I know stuff that I work on. Um, I don't like to let many people get a sneak peek of some stuff. Um, I've, I've thought about doing a short little, little, like a little audio thing and, and throwing that up. Um, but... I would probably make a separate podcast thing for that just so I'm not like messing with the the podcast here and getting things mixed up. Like that might be like a YouTube thing or something like that. I don't know. I haven't got there yet. So, um, but yeah, um, go, go hit up Constance's media, go, go support her. She has been a fantastic fill-in and semi-guest host um, while my co-host Chris is away. He's been gone. He's been visiting, traveling, seeing family, stuff like that. He's been doing life things, uh, real life things that, you know, it's important to, to do these things. And, like, I, I explained that to him when he hit me up and he's like, you know, Hey, I, I hate to do this to you, but you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to be out for two weeks, you know, and I really hate to do that to you. Cause I know we bounce off of each other really well when we do the podcast and I don't want to leave you stranded where you're not putting nothing out for two weeks. And I told him, dude, get with your family, have a good time. Don't worry about me. I'll see if Constance or another guest wants to come in. I'll see if I can get, you know, like Jeremy from the infinite rabbit hole or Nick lay moose back, or uh, I'll figure it out. Even if I got to sit here by myself in my bedroom and talk to myself in this mic, I will get an episode to you folks. Of course, just, yeah. just that way that, that that's how it is. I mean, I personally think if it's just me, it's boring. Because it's a one-sided conversation. I can't bounce off somebody and be like, hey, yeah, I know about that. Or something similar, you know, that kind of thing. So that Chris will be coming back. He will be coming back next week for next week's episode. I'm also trying to work on getting two guest hosts at the same time to come on. Um, I'm working on that. That's a big question mark. That will not... That will, and I repeat, that will not be a States episode, though. Um, I don't remember if I actually explained it or not when we did the first episode, but basically, just so you you know, Constance, and new people know, 
uh, I want I had this idea when Chris came in. We did Strange and Creepy Florida. It was his first episode. That is my home state and his native state. He lives in Georgia. That's his native state. He was born and raised here in Florida. We wanted to do that because it's like Florida's got some wild stuff, man. It's it's Florida. Florida man memes abound. And we ended up doing that, and me and Chris ended up getting done with oh, that, yeah. talking like you know, hey, I really like the way we work together. Why don't you come on and be my co my co host? He's like, yeah, sure. I, I got you know, might as well, right? We work really well together. This is something I can get behind and enjoy. And I said, I got an idea. I told him I got an idea, and I want to see what you got, what you think about it. Do strange and creepy like we just did for Florida for every all fifty states. And he's like. You know what? That's a fantastic idea. And after that, we can even branch out to other countries if we want. I'm like, dude, you're a genius. You're a visionary, my man. And we've been rolling with it. We we wanted to start with the South first, as a lot of y'all have probably noticed, <laughs> because I'm more familiar with the South. I When I get to the North and start heading West, I want to start deep diving heavy, heavy, because that's getting in some areas I may know, I may not. I'm not there yet. So it's it's a plan to do all 50 states and then see where we go from there. So I've kind of started calling this my state series. Um, I th My eventual goal is to put like one of plan. these out and another episode out much, probably mean, not in the same so week probably know, start alternating them somewhat some I, I don't know i haven't got there yet me and chris got to talk maybe we got to get with there. the first episode how um, anything you want to add to that said i also did like movie reviews and stuff um i stopped doing those because of the simple fact that they weren't getting enough views and my youtube channel wasn't was getting hindered because nobody was liking or commenting on those enough but um i've gone i've gone totally story based and those has gotten me more attention especially with the um like film story stuff that i'm doing where you actually see my yeah. characters um, so definitely guys you guys want to get into my night my night surgeon chronicles and my Night Surgeon Part 3, guys, is coming out soon. I am yeah, already yeah. in the works. All I have to do is a couple film, uh, video filming for it. And it will be on a premiere on my YouTube channel. So come in the chat. Come talk with me. Come tell me how much you liked it or whatever. I mean, I'm always in the chat for every premiere, for every story, every two weeks. So... Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, go go hit her media up. Go, get ready for that. We have social media as well, clearly. We have a Twitter, which our Twitter is at Veil Burning. We have Facebook, which is the Burning Veil Podcast, Facebook. Um, we have an email, uh, the Burning Veil Podcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, I've been thinking about doing an Instagram. I haven't really played with that thought much. Honestly, I personally do not like Instagram. That's just me. 
Um, it's just me personally. Um, we don't do a TikTok either. We don't do that because, well, I haven't done a face reveal for none of this. I'm not, I'm uh, purposefully avoiding that. I keep getting people hitting me up on Messenger, which that's another thing. Hit us up on Messenger. Send us messages. Our Messenger is, in fact, open. Our messages on uh, Twitter is open. That's open. Um, but I've been getting a lot of messages on Facebook Messenger and Twitter. It's like, you know, I love your show, but I, I, I want to put a face to the name and to the voice. And I, I'm purposely avoiding that because honestly, any monkey with a bottle of Motrin and a computer can take that image if I post it and cross-reference it and find my personal page. And I really want to avoid that because that's not cool. That is not cool. Because that's my personal life. Um, I don't want to say I'm treating this like a job, but I'm treating it with a degree and a level of professionalism to where I don't want to mix it with my personal life constantly. And if I get, you know, let's say, you know, Steve here, I post a picture of my face and Steve takes it cross, puts it in, you know, Google image search or bingo image search or whatever finds my personal facebook account hops up on my personal facebook account adds me as a friend he looks familiar to me so you know i add him as a friend and then all of a sudden boom 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 my facebook feed that that you know my friends stuff i'm tagged in that my friends and family can see and then they're questioning me like what in the world is all this wacky weird stuff and who is this dude stuff like that i want to avoid stuff like that so i am purposely I'm purposely not doing a face reveal. And if I do, there's going to be something obstructing my face. You know, like a mask or, or, you know, I might post a picture like if I do like a cosplay thing or something like that. Just where you can't tell who I am constantly. So you can't do that. That, I get a lot of people messaging me about that. So that's to clear that first and foremost. I, I got somebody that got really, really upset with me and actually went on Spotify and like wrote a really nasty review, nasty enough that Spotify themselves took it down because of some of the words they used because I would not show them my face. It's like, mm, no, 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 we don't need that. We do not need that. Mm-hmm. So... You know, like I said, Twitter at Vale Burning, Facebook Burning Vale Podcast. Um, I don't have a group up for that. I, I I might do that. I might do that. I don't know. Um, oh, go yeah. hit Constance up. Go check out our social media. You know that kind of thing. Give us a like. Give us a rate. Give us a review. Something. You know, let Spotify know what you think of us. <laughs> um, Nothing else. Just positive what things. I, I hope. Tell- if you're what still listening by this point, this far into the series, just because um, I'm a huge advocate. But for yeah, that's that's all I got to, to say. You got anything else you want to say, Constance? Every time I get done with a uh, podcast, hey. every time I get done with a podcast or a video, at a, every end of the video, I say, "Keep aspiring, keep dreaming, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise." And I'm telling that to you guys. Your dreams are too important to give up and life is too short not to pursue those so don't let other people's opinions of you bring you down guys
I like that. I like that. I really do. Believe in yourself because if nobody else will, Bigfoot believes in you. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Burning Veil Podcast.